Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. All right, Seattle. Hey, Puget Sound. Welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier, soon to be master someday. Uh, hanging out in studio in uh, downtown Seattle on this beautiful Saturday night. Uh, happy October. Uh, you probably got some beer in your glass. And if not, uh, the Freeman Oktoberfest uh, was a booming success. Uh, so much fun. And there's still time to get out there. Uh, the great pumpkin festival is this weekend and um just so much going on with harvest of grapes uh, of course harvest of apples for the ciders of course we got uh, distilleries pumping out uh the o to v and into barrels and um there's all sorts of well this is fall so we are putting on our fall uh well our fall drinking clothes on because it's a little cooler in the air it's a little darker earlier and so those little drams and those big red wines or even buttery chardonnays can make you think of uh that beautiful summer we had here in Seattle and of course in Washington State another fine vintage and when I think of fine things um, there is a really no finer author here in the Pacific Northwest um, in the wine uh, education resource guide business uh, it's wine folly it's Madeline Puckett and uh, she's just released her second book it's called uh, the Magnum Edition which you know I mean you got to go big or go home um, she's in studio here we're going to talk about this really fabulous tome I'm totally impressed the first one was super cool um, but you know when you get to guys like me who think they know too much uh, this second one is blowing my mind it's got great graphics and so much more we'll hear right from Madeline Puckett hey Madeline welcome back to happy hour thanks for having me Super excited. Uh, I can't believe that, you know, I don't see you enough around town and at the tastings and things because you are someplace locked in a room working on a fabulous book. How did this come together? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, there was so, you I mean, you had your first book, The Essential Guide to Wines, or, yeah. right? And very colorful, very simple, very friendly, approachable, gave um, visual concepts to the idea of flavor and taste and structure. Um, this one is a lot deeper. Yeah, that this was the goal. You know, we, after the first book came out, the publisher was really excited. You know, they, they took a big risk with taking us on. I mean, that's kind of how they say, well, you're just a blogger. Um, <laughs> and and so I think, I mean, they, they like their bloggers. They they do some good books with bloggers. But um, uh, I was still an unknown quantity. And after the success of the first book, you know, it got on the New York Times bestseller list. And um, people liked it. It really resonated with uh, beginner wine drinkers trying to get into wine. Just, I want to know the basics. I want to feel confident. I want to pick out better wines. And um, the feedback I got over the p- course of the last three years has been really, really positive. And then I'd get emails from people who are teaching other people about wine, wine uh, restaurateurs, managers, other psalms. And they're like, this is a great book. Okay, so I need this and I need this. And uh, can you do a regional guide on this? And I need more information because I really want to teach my staff more. And you get enough of those and you're going, okay. We got something here. Sums we got something up. to work on. And um, I started reflecting back, looking back at the book. What could I do better? You know, I'm, I'm so Psalm, sure. I have some experience with being a sommelier. I have ex- experience teaching people about wine. Um, so I know that stuff pretty okay. 
Um, but then I also had design questions. As a designer, I'm looking back at my book going, does that, is that the fastest way to learn visually? Interesting. Is that the, is, and one of my most powerful feedback from the first book, the first book, every single page, you have a two-page spread. It's Chardonnay. It's got all this huge flavor profile and all the different flavors. And um, this psalm came to me. And she's like, I just need five flavors. I just need the five major ones <laughs> so I can pass my test. And i that's what I want. And so I start going, what if I could teach beginners, just anybody who likes wine, uh, a sommelier level of knowledge? I'm not talking your level, advanced. I'm talking like... Get me in confident with wine. Get me buying better wine on a daily basis. I drink wine every day. So get me drinking great wine every day and get me thinking about the world a little bit more, the the terroir out there in the world. And uh, so I started thinking of it. I started thinking about her actually more seriously. Like, what does she need to know to pass her test? <laughs> wow. Um, what does she want to know? I mean, even maybe even some of the service stuff that we do. You know, you got to open a bottle of champagne. Yeah, very quiet. (laughs) And um, so so then it became a fun challenge. Well, how now when we learn, it's very, very boring. And you watch these videos and you try not to fall asleep um, while watching them. Sorry, Bobby's stuck. (laughs) Bobby, I love you. But I'm falling asleep. Um, He's also very great. Uh, So... Uh, so that, so then it was like, well, how do I make it fun? And the visuals were obviously the tool that has worked best for me in the past. So I, uh, scrapped the entire book and then I just kept the parts that were really good. I loved the organization of the first book. So I kept that. I changed a couple of things. Um, I loved the, the certain, so there's certain graphics that worked for me in this book. So I was like, I'll keep that one. (laughs) I'll keep this one. And then I talked to the, um, publisher and I was like hey if I'm gonna pull this off in less than a year can I can I like get some help Ah. and so um one of the things you'll see in this book is there's over a hundred grapes and wines um to explore and they're basically the top grapes and wines in the world and each of them have these five flavors and um Uh, (laughs) I see yeah you've got them um prominent the prominent five flavors then prominent five flavors homage to Conscience Schindler who was the one who gave me this idea um she's actually a I think a diploma WSET diploma or something like that she's a very smart lady um used to be a doctor smart lady now (laughs) she's into wine okay I like that so so I got some help so I hired a um, I've been following some graphics designers for years and I'm in love with their work and I find out that one of my favorite, some of my favorite infographics are done by this young woman in Italy. Really? Yeah, she lives in the Piemonte region mm-hmm. in Turin. Very, very talented, super exuberant and tries as hard as she can to do the best that she can. And so she took on these illustrations. Um, she took on a lot of the bulk work of like crunching out the design so you see these beautiful graphics consistently on every page right and so i so after we me and her struggled with this template page for several months we eventually i was like okay time's up (laughs) we gotta choose something (laughs) (laughs) and um so we committed and um we worked with her designs and i remember sending them to the publisher and the publisher hated her illustrations they were just like we don't like them 
Uh-oh. And they, they look they look so juvenile. Like, they need to look classier. And I'm like, what? Just a drawing of beautiful strawberries it's and a beautiful a, it's drawing. It's an apple. It's a beautiful pair. <laughs> and I loved them. So I was like, don't worry, Federica. I'll buy them if they don't ever... Like, I want them. They're beautiful. And um, sure enough, I come up with like a half section because there's like 200 different icons for these things. So I come up with a half set for the publisher to pick from. I've just, hey, we got to fix the problem if the pub's not happy, you know, if they think the market's not going to hold. You want them to be behind it, I of want course. them to be behind it because they have to sell it too. Right. And um, I send them my designs and they're like, no, no, we'll go back. Oh, my. They hated mine. See, sometimes you just need a choice. Because just seeing one thing is, all right, I need some contrast. That's the old uh, adage for pairing wine. Uh, Speak with Madeline Puckett, who is the author, along with Justin Hammock, of uh, Wine Folly, the Master Guide Magnum Edition. Now, this is um, a lovely tome. It's over 300 pages. And, of course, you have an introduction. You talk about what is wine, uh, what makes wine so fun, a.k.a. alcohol, ethanol. Um, You talk about some of the structure, the tasting, the acid, and where those... um, what comprises some of that stuff? Obviously, sweetness we know is uh, residual sugar. Tannin is a very interesting one here. Looking at the tan, there is so much. You've got uh, like catechins, uh, epicatechins, palmeric phenols, craftaric acid. Now, I didn't know what that was. You got me there. Craftaric acid, um, caffeic acid. There's so much going on in this book, but it's simple, approachable. It's not like reading a textbook, per se, which... Obviously going to sleep because you got pictures. I think you've got the best of both worlds. Great knowledge and great graphics. Yeah, I wanted. I actually showed this recently to a really cool winemaker, Martha Stuman, down in Sonoma County, and she's looking at this tannin page, being like, "I remember these. I remember these <laughs> spider Davis? plots at UC Davis. We used we were working on a on a study there. You know, she was actually part of a building a study for her master's degree." Um, so she was doing a lot of the crunching of the data and stuff. So she was very excited to see them in a book, in a beginner book. Um, so there's so there's something for everyone, and I think that's what it makes it so fun. And if you can't handle that, you know, eventually you'll get there. You can just flip a page, and then it gets fun again. And <laughs> you know, it's I, I think that's why I think I, I that's what I, I I'm challenging readers. Well, I'm not really challenging them. They're challenging themselves. They're able to absorb the information faster than I could have even imagined. People are smart. We don't. We think they're. We think that as sommeliers, we learn. Oh, well, they don't know anything about wine. Then you think they don't know anything. Well, actually, no. They're very smart, and the fact that they're curious about wine makes them smarter, in my opinion. <laughs> Just takes experience to be able to articulate it. I mean, like I always use yeah. the pizza adage: we've had thousands of pizzas, so we can talk about our favorite pizza. We can in 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 relatable um, phrases and terminology. But wine is always still a little esoteric. But you've brought it down to simple terms because there's only so many flavors and smells on Earth. There's nothing from Mars in this book because that's true. That's, everything is about apple and citrus and pear and tropical, and then you've got Great herbs, and of course, I love the uh, colors of everything here. It just makes it so catching and, and jumps out of the page. It makes learning about frappato <laughs> so much fun. A great alternative to Pinot Noir, by the way, a fruity Pinot Noir. You could have a frappato instead. You got to find it from southern Italy. Um, you've got uh, some a whole host of grapes. You said a hundred different grapes in here, and I like that because I always wanted to have a game with our sommelier friends. Let's play. A to Z from grapes. Okay, we'll go back and forth and see, you know, who can stump who, right? we we'll starting with A. So it's A. Ren and Assertico and Alicante Boucher and... Uh, You're killing me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Alianico. Alianico. That's it. Um, you started your first book, 
book. What was the timeline? I mean, you had an idea for the book. Um, this was back in 2013, I think you were starting it. Was it a year long, and then you have to find a publisher, and you have to get go through rewrites and things like that? What's the timeline? How long does it take to, to do 300 pages? Um, this book took approximately a year and a couple months. Um, we had practice, though, with the first book. Like, I knew I wanted that organizational method. The hardest part was planning. Right. And that's before you write a single thing. You got to plan how it ends, how it each section, what each section is going to contain, what it will contain, what it won't contain. You know, with wine. Oh, interesting. With wine, there's a lot of information out there. Um, so there's actually a sec, a part of the planning process where you eliminate things. And there were a lot of things I crossed out that I did not want to cross out at all. Like, for example, Canada, Canadian wine, and the Canadians are extremely passionate about wine. And um, the section with that includes Canadian wine and Mexican wine is the North American wine map. So we have to share North America, um, and that's the best I could do for Canada in this book, unfortunately. Uh, that said... Uh, You're still our friends up there. Yeah, we it's got BC Wine. I'm I'm with you. I'm with you, BC Wine. I went there. I was so amazed. It's like it's like Yosemite and uh, Napa made a baby. It's it's ridiculous uh, in the Okanagan. I've never been there. Oh my you, gosh, like you Yosemite, have to go. huh? It's it's like a hiker's paradise, and then they also make wine. Well, that is a hiker's paradise, <laughs> <laughs> and they've got pr- plenty of uh, uh, bears to hang out with, like Yogi and stuff. Um, Madeline Pucker, this is fantastic. You also have uh, really the most popular and um, uh, most visited wine education site. That's right. Uh, the winefolly.com. When we started it, we started it with a very, actually, again, the planning process where we really wanted to help people learn about wine and answer wine questions. It's fantastic. It says winefolly.com, and uh, you've, you've got more information not only about your books, but about just learning tools, right? Resources. Do you have links for other partners, and, and like Janice Robinson, and Jancis, I should say, not Janice Joplin, Janice <laughs> Robinson. Um, yeah. But check it out. It's a great, it's a great website, and uh, we're going to talk more about the book. I'm so curious about how what it takes, because when I think about becoming a master sommelier, looking at this book, if you write this, you're right there. I mean, obviously, these words came from you, this thought process, and the graphics just make it so much fun. I'm waiting for the PowerPoint presentation we can download for everybody. It should be really cool. Be hey, nice. folks, speaking with uh, Madeline Puckett, author Madeline Puckett, with her second book called Wine Folly, the Master Guide, Magnum Edition, uh, with her partner, Justin Hammock, and they've produced something really, really fun. So stick around, folks. Be right back on Happy Hour Radio. He's live. He's local. He's all Northwest. Lars Larson. Weekdays, noon to 3. Talk Radio 570 KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends continue. Now back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, folks. Hey, welcome back. Time for round two. Hope you got something tasty in your glass. Uh, I've got uh, some really fun folks. Well, just one super fun person. It's Madeline Puckett. Um, her partner, Justin Hammock, is off working hard. But we are here on Saturday night hanging out, checking out the new book, Wine Folly, the Master Guide, Magnum Edition, available at winefolly.com coming up. But also, it's in in stores now, right? Yeah, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it at, I know Elliott Bay Books has a bunch of them. Uh, third place book says they are they're all stocked up. Um, I was hoping to go actually over there after this and maybe sign some of them so there'll be little surprises for everyone. Who oh, goes that'll in. be fun. I'm glad. Well, I know that second place books doesn't have second hand books doesn't have any. 
because everyone's <laughs> everyone's keeping no, them. They don't. They don't. I, my dad says he get, keeps going to use bookstores. He hasn't seen the first one in there yet. So I'm like, yeah, Dad, they want to hold on to it. It's a shareable <laughs> book. I gave that to my mom because she took a wine class once, and she thinks, you know, <laughs> Mom, here you go. You got uh, some good reading. Awesome. Let's talk about the great parts. Um, you have this wonderful template. Obviously, it starts with it's an A to Z of uh, 100 grapes. How did you select these particular grapes? What I did was um, I have some data, some information from a couple of different universities on what, what's out there in the world in terms of grape varieties. Sure, right. And so I crunched that data and I put it into a big spreadsheet and then made some graphs with it and tried to decide, okay, I've got this many pages to work with and it can't be any bigger than that and <laughs> I need to fit. In this many grapes. I want to add them all. Was that part of the planning process? Each yeah. segment's going to have this many pages? Yeah. That, wow. Like you start, actually. I'm, I I actually designed the book with how many how thick I wanted each section to be. Interesting. Yeah, because I'm imagining myself learning, like, how thick should it be? Okay. And it's a weird way of doing it, but it, it'll obviously change a little bit. Yeah. But, like, you don't want to go more than that. And the, and the publisher was like, no more than 340 pages or something like that. So I was like, okay, we got to figure this out. So I threw it all on a spreadsheet and I started and I added it all up and then I came up with this one page template theme. And then you'll see some grapes get special. They get two pages because they're special. They're like very large, well-produced all, all over the world and they need a little extra ex explanation. And uh, so then uh, we, we dialed it in and when it came out to it, I had to hit 155. I really wanted to add. I ended up having to cut 50 a of them, so there's a hundred, and uh, that's that's how I ended up with the number. And then when I put it through and looked at the the data spreadsheet, it made this pie graph that looks a lot like a, a Pac-Man. <laughs> so well, yeah, uh, that's right. Section three, page uh, what is it? Seventy, sixty-eight, sixty-nine. It looks like Pac-Man is about to take a bite of one of the ghosts. <laughs> that's and, true. And um, that's about how much vineyard area. Um, the grapes included in this book are so it's um, the mass the majority um, and then there's the other varieties which honestly deserve their own books each one of them because uh, they're so unique and so special but um, we're trying to learn the basics of wine here we're trying to learn the majority the mass what what everybody should know what what the basic sommelier walking into a restaurant walking out of a restaurant should know what what you and I should know any any normal people uh, because we love wine and we want to taste more um, so that's why I included them, and also also the most commercially available grape varieties. Yeah, that makes sense, obviously, because we want to be able to identify what's most readily available in places like Iowa. Of course, they have their own wine. You have a food and wine pairing section, of course. We're talking about the grapes and the wines, and I like this graph. It looks like a rainbow. It's uh, sparkling wines to dessert wines. You talk about wines by style, and you list so many different uh, grapes and their, their wines um, significantly. You have a graph here. It looks like a little spider. It looks like a bullseye. Um, let's talk about this. You've got one, two, three, four, five, five different regions, body, sweetness, tannin, acidity, alcohol. Or we go acidity, alcohol, body, sweetness, tannin. And you, you have these shaded in. The center means less, and the outside means more. So there's more. if there's more color, that means there's more certain asset to that part of the yeah, wine. Yeah, so like if it's a very sweet wine, it'll be... On the outside of it's a it's a it's a radar plot, but it's a basically a design of a radar or a spider plot, um, just an infographic style that I sort of did a variant on. Um, this took me a, that was actually one of the hardest things to choose was this choosing this because it it 
you know, for people who aren't familiar with uh, Radar Plot, it can be a little confusing. <laughs> Wait, everyone's got Xbox these days. <laughs> That's true. Halo or <laughs> That's true. That's You know, it does kind of feel like a game interface, and I do love gaming, so that's very appropriate. Um, but I, this is really the taste profile of the wine. When we smell wine, we smell flavors. We right. smell all the little aromas and stuff like that. But then when we taste wine, it's a different it's a different world. Sure. We're feeling the texture on our mouth. We're feeling how weighty it feels, the oiliness, the, the alcohol level in the back of our throat, um, how tart it is, how spritey and tart and sour it is. Um, so that's what you pay attention when you taste. And so I felt like, and I've, I've talked to a few sommeliers who don't have a very good sense of smell. They mm-hmm. actually like master sommeliers without a very good sense of smell. It's possible. Just so you know, they won't, I won't reveal who, but, uh, <laughs> They have told me how important the taste profile is in identifying the grape variety. Like, it's very important. And if you learn how to pay attention to that, you can be very good at blind tasting, extremely accurate, even with the tough grapes like Pinot Gris. Nobody picks cream Pinot Gris. It's too hard. Um, so so doing this radar plot was very important to me. So if you want, like, psalm-level knowledge, you should think like a psalm. You deserve to know about the structure of wine. So this is the structure. Uh, and, Yeah. I think it's really cool. It makes sense. I just have to understand it, and it, it now I get it because what you're saying is the uh, uh, as it uh, was it? Oh yeah, there's a little pronunciation. Look at the little pronunciation under yeah. the name. Your uh, yeah, right. Uh, That's perfect. <laughs> Ayoritiko. That's it. I try to remember that. It's like, is the G sound? That's right. Um, so that's really the first grape here. Uh, the top red of Greece offers a wide range of styles from rosé to deep red. You go with subtle flavors of nutmeg, cinnamon. Ayoritiko pairs wonderfully with roasted meats, tomato sauces, raspberry, blackberry, plum sauce, black pepper, and nutmeg. So those are the five m- prominent flavors uh, notes that you, you you get out of this particular grape. Yeah. Uh, we, we actually had a panel of oh. psalms. Really? Yeah. We had a panel of psalms, and we uh, there was a lot of arguing. <laughs> Especially at the end? There was a lot of arguing, trying to figure out what tasted like what, and then a few grapes people had no opinion on, which made me realize they were not maybe very familiar with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many people have had an Aren? I know. Well, you know, it's uh, more, most... more Vieras. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so there was a lot of arguing, which was great. I love to hear that kind of discussion, because they care so yeah. much. Um, I and see your nutmeg and I raise you a cardamom or yeah. allspice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So in here we're trying to choose the five flavors for the grapes in a big book. You know, they cared a lot and that was really, really cool to see. Um, so there was a great discussion and so that's how we picked the flavors for these. Did you have help selecting all these wines or you must know, you know plenty of people so this, getting the sommeliers in, into a room or wine professionals was not a challenge but I imagine sourcing these wines that would be typically representative of that was that an easy or hard task? Um, it's hard for some. Okay. Yeah, Iren. Who right. had to, where are you going to get that grape? <laughs> this is really hard to find. Uh, you know things like, you know, Mashka Falero. A lot of the wines I'd had, I've already taken detailed notes on. Like, like I'd that. already every single time I taste a new grape, I I sit down. I say, don't talk to me. <laughs> And speaking of, you actually have a, another cool thing about this whole uh, second book project. You've got a collector's edition, and you mentioned it to Tasting Notes. We'll talk about that a little later, but it, I don't, don't want to forget that. And speaking of Mushkafalero, 
Yeah. Muscafilero. Uh, it is a light body grate with um, moderate sweetness, um, no tannin. Uh, obviously, it's probably in the white wine. It's um, just moderate acidity and on the lower alcohol side. Is that it's how I like read that? A, it's like, um, you know how Torrantes has this beautiful, this is a Argentine grape, has this beautiful aromatic quality. It's, it's roses. It's beautiful potpourri. Mm-hmm. This is like that on acid. It is... <laughs> Awesome. It is an awesome. It comes from the around Tripoli. On Kratom. Yeah. <laughs> it is it is comes around Tripoli uh, in um in uh Greece and it's a beautiful beautiful wine and they're very passionate about it there but nobody knows about it and it's so beautiful. It's it's something you want to drink with your grandmother on the porch. Uh, absolutely. I was only like drinking with grandma, but she liked beef eater. Um, <laughs> looking at your template That's here, aromatic. <laughs> true. She's got style. It is. She did. Um, I like the fact that you also have which sort of stemware to serve it in, at what temperature, to decant, um, to typical cost, and whether or not it's collectible or sellable. This is a great guideline because for the most part, yeah, no one's going to sit on this particular Muscafilero, right? Yeah. And then, uh, of course, you've got where it grows, talk about Greece, how many acres, and then um, some similar style grapes that might be of interest, uh, like uh, Frinalpires and uh, Torrantes and Müller-Turgau. Uh, pretty cool. Um, you go on with some other sections, and this is what's really intriguing to me, is that you've got some great maps. Now, thinking about these maps, are did you sort of design these yourselves did you sort of get a little inspiration or did you actually work with some of these associations and and help take some of their information for authenticity anything that worked okay um so i des- so physically i designed them um and then working with anyone i can to get the data and Got get it. the best data that I could possibly get, and it's different everywhere. <laughs> this is interesting. So I'm, I'm looking at the pages, and I want to talk about this when we come back from this break, but I'm so curious. Uh, is this, you as a graphic designer, you probably have an InDesign program or something like that where you, I mean, old Photoshop or Adobe PageMaker things, my, that sort of dates me right there. But I'm curious because you've got these great icons, you develop these, and you're able to use this. You see it on a screen, and then it goes to page, or, or do you draw it out like a graphic designer might or a sketch artist? Um, We'll chat about that. Think about that. Hey, folks, stick around. I've got uh, the lovely Madeline Puckett uh, talking about the book Wine Folly, the Master Guide, Magnum Edition, right here on Happy Hour Radio. Start your day the right way. The Commute with Carlson, live and local, weekdays 6 to 9 a.m., Talk Radio 570, KBI. You're in the know with KBI Want to Know Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back. Time for round three. Hope you've got uh, someplace tasty to go and making some good food. And uh, I've kind of got a cookbook. It's a cookbook of wine, if you will. It's really what to taste um, from around the world. And to learn a lot about what the flavor profile is, what to, how to serve it, the temperatures, whether to sell it or not. And it's all about this book. It's called Wine Folly, The Master Guide, Magnum Edition. And the author, Madeline Puckett, is here in studio. Madeline, um, talking about just the great graphics. It is so fun. It's I almost want to have a coloring book so I can color it myself. But you've mastered the, the, the palette of colors here to really make this... A calming book. I mean, it doesn't. It jumps off the page, but it's soothing. Way I'm looking at Greece. Mm. When you use when you design a page like this, do you use a computer or do you sort of draft it out on paper? 
Uh, I use a com- well. I use a computer. Um, there's a, there's a pre planning section where we choose the palettes um, for the maps, and then we want to be very consistent. So if you go to every map page, you'll see it's the same color of water. It's the same you know gray background for the other countries, and then we have these similar palettes that we use to try to communicate um, and. Uh, that was something that both uh, Federica and I worked on together, and she was looking at our book, and she's kind of obsessed with uh, color theory and how to communicate with colors. And she was like, if the grape section is warm colors, it's all yellows and reds, and we, we think of yellow wine, sure. white yeah. wine, red wine, red wine. And we should. she's like, we should make the region section must be cool. And so I was like, you got it, girl. Let's do it. Let's make the region section cool colors. Um, So it was a little bit of a challenge, but uh, totally doable. And so when you go into the section, it is. It's very actually very calming on the eyes. There's purples and greens. And you're looking at the different regions of the world. And each section tells you what major grapes grow there. And in each uh, map, there is a section that describes that country and talks about the major grapes of that region. And then in there, there's another page that talks about the major wine. So in Greece, all the there's a set of uh, basically a 12-pack. Like if you wanted to taste Greece, <laughs> I was like, it would be really nice if it was a case of wine. Um, so I put in a case of wine basically for all the major regions of the world. So what are the what's the case you should taste from these areas? Smaller regions get maybe just six wines, four to six wines. Um, and then big, big countries will get 12. Um, so this one has even Ratsina is included, which, you know, for people who know Greek wine, retsina is always laughed at as this, it's it's made with, with sap, with tree sap. Um, but when I went there, they use the tree sap from a special type of pine tree. And if you harvest it at a certain time of year, it's the sweetest. Mm. And um, the winemakers who pay attention to their sap quality make the best tasting retsina. And I tasted some wines that would knock your socks off. They're so good. So I'm... I am now a fan. I've never said I think I'd say this, but I am now a fan of Greek Ratsina. <laughs> well, I've had a tasty one. I haven't know, don't know that I'm a fan yet, but I did enjoy a glass. Um, I would look forward to learning more about that. And we don't see it much because obviously it's a very indigenous grape. Um, to Greece, these maps are so fun. I mean, I, I like the fact that you've got 100 common varieties of grapes that are grown in Greece. And then below, you've got 134,000 acres as of 2011. So your information is concise. Um, the maps are so cool. You also list not only the region, but the grapes of the region, which makes it really fun. So this is a really, you can almost make these games. Hey, I'm looking at uh, the Peloponnese. Tell me, give me a white grape from Peloponnese. Okay, and I think it's so much fun. Mashka Falero. <laughs> it is. Rears its beautiful head up again. Um, so did you actually, how many wines did it take to taste to, to produce this, this beautiful book? I mean, you know, we're talking, the, you know, the, Putting this book together, I really started this book in 2013 when I started the first book. So I've been, I've been. So they do movies and sequels. I get it. Yeah, I've been tasting the whole time, and then after I did the first book, I was like, okay, now I need a system for tasting to better analyze what I'm tasting, and so I can develop these things. Um, and so we created. So I, I have this tasting system, which we actually reveal in this in the book as the four step method. Um, sommeliers use it, and uh, but. I had to do something even simpler. The four-step method is pretty complicated. 
um, it, or it can be. We have all these boxes we have to hit to do our blind tasting notes, but it doesn't have to be that hard. You actually just need to focus on those five major flavors and you need to understand the taste profile in the body and, and, and really be able to understand that wine. So uh, when we created this book, I had this big audacious goal to, you know how when you buy a game, there's like the collector's edition box? <laughs> yeah. So I was like, what if we had like a collector's edition box? Like that instead of having the little, uh, you know, they give you the little figurine of one of the characters in the game. I was like, what if that's like a wine glass, like a really nice wine glass, like a tasting tool right. that you can use. And then everything you need, basically all you need to do is add wine. <laughs> <laughs> to learn about wine. So we made this thing, and I made a tasting journal for the book, which includes the tasting uh, tool, tip, like technique in it, so you can write down your notes. I thought that was really neat. You have a you have a tasting book uh, for notes, for taking notes, and you pre, you've pre-populated some of the areas, which makes it really easy, because I know that after, even when I do wine tastings, that 18th wine is like, eh, I'm getting a little lazy now, but here, it's succinct, and I think that if you keep your palate calibrated, you can make it easy for the mind. I know when we do scoring, we don't ask the judges to add up all the scores, because they don't need to text their brain anymore, because they want to focus on all those cool flavors, and you're able to uh, memorialize that in a great little um, uh, notebook, and it's lovely. You designed, it's embossed, it's this, bought the collector's edition. Now, is this available? I know that the holidays are around the corner. I'm yeah. sure Safeway's got some, some we just, Christmas stuff up. It was, uh, we had just ordered all the units and had gotten it in, and there's amazing uh, NorthwestCenter.org. Northwest Center is a kidding and fulfillment warehousing company that we found who's actually putting the boxes together, so they did that for us. And so, yeah, we got it on the site. It's available. It's a it's a gift box, so it's it's not, it's you know the book is thirty five retail. The gift box is pretty fancy, so it's two hundred dollars. It comes with a really nice crystal glass and this tasting journal and all this other stuff and a polishing cloth. And, polishing cloth, and, and of course opener. you have the book and an opener and yeah. that notebook and. It's really a great gift because it looks it's it's a nice big hefty box. It'll fit great under the tree or wherever you it's on lovely. top of the menorah. I'm yeah. not sure. Why. It's lovely. The outside of the box was, you know, we have uh, my my partner and I obsessed about putting this together and making it like the, like the perfect magnet closure with the little ribbon thing and and like how does it feel when you open it and which side does the box does the glass need to be on in order to be the most optimal for shipping worldwide. <laughs> You know, so it was like yes, it was it was a Those lot. Those are good of, things to think about because yeah. that, that's how thoughtful you need to be. Because you actually include shipping around the world. Yeah, yeah. Because we want we want people. Because the biggest complaint I get is I love your stuff online, but I it's hard for me to order the book from Brazil because shipping ends up being more than the cost. Sure. Of the book, so and there's a lot of wine fans in Brazil and in Australia and that's where shipping is actually I've learned it's the most expensive <laughs> interesting yeah now as a new author and celebrity that you are have you been doing um, uh, tours or uh, cameos I think uh, you've got something coming up you can see you on the big silver screen coming up right that's right um, Jason Wise who put together the Psalm series he did Psalm 1 which is an amazing movie about uh, basically four guys who are trying to become master sommeliers it's riveting it's so great um, I cried. It was, I mean, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was so crying. It was so scary because, especially if you've been through that process, you feel their pain. And then in the next series, it sort of follows them as they sh show you the passion of wine. And I, I made a small appearance in the Psalm two film, and then in Psalm three, 
Um, Coming is, out this November. It's it, on iTunes. It's out November, so you can pre-order already. And uh, some, it's an amazing film, and it's it's really for the geek. Let me tell you, Pinot Noir p- plays a very big role, and they l- take a look at what's happening with the uh, Judgment of Paris, and they ask the question again: well, Where is the best Pinot Noir made? Nineteen seventy-six, the Judgment of Paris, California versus France for Chardonnay, Cabernet, and Pinot Noir. And they do something else, and they add more of the world to the mix. Ah. And you have to see it. It's especially if you're a wine geek and and you love to drink wine, and you love Pinot Noir. Um, it's it, it's pretty exciting. It's it's like it's like they made history. Ah, I saw the, the trailer, film. and I I see you had a couple of round tables, and and people were sort of working their palettes and their minds and their grids, and yeah, you, people seemed surprised, even those professionals, about what was uh, being revealed at the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty surprising, and um, it's going to make, uh, I think it's another great opportunity for us as Americans to really look inside ourselves and be like, you know what, we can be the best. Also to sort of demystify the role of a sommelier, I mean, you look at those movies, you watch them, hey, they bust their ass. I mean, they're not just this fancy guy in the fancy clothes trying to sell you a $300 bottle of wine. Yeah. No, they're they're training, they're teaching, they're polishing, they're restocking, they're inventorying. They're business people because... Beverage is a huge part of uh, American restaurateurs' um, uh, financial revenue. That's true. Uh, so fun. Hey, we got a few more minutes. We're going to take a little break here, um, and I'm going to chat up just to sort of take a look at uh, what's on the horizon for uh, Miss Madeline Puckett and Justin Hammock, the authors of Wine Folly, the Master Guide, Magnum Edition. It also comes in the collector's box, which is available at winefolly.com. Uh, the book is available also at uh, on Amazon. Our friends Jeff, uh, he can hook you up uh, in Elliott Bay Books. So stick around. I'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. loud he's proud holding nothing back michael savage the savage nation weeknights nine to midnight talk radio 570 kvi now more kvi want to know weekends back to happy hour radio with christopher chan all right seattle hey welcome back for our fourth and final segment uh, speak with madeline puckett the author of uh well two great books wine folly this one is the master guide the magnum edition and we've chatted about all the great uh sections you've got wine basics you've got wine tasting food pairing grapes and regions uh of course the the fantastic template to sort of understand what each wine style might taste like with the five prominent flavors of course the great maps and then uh i love the glossary in wine terms to me this this is what people really should be, you know, I mean, you can throw those out. Oh, I think the tannins are stringent. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, and, of course, what is ABV? What is AVA? What is acetaldehyde? Um, uh, drink some sherry. Uh, really cool. Obviously, you have a partner, Justin Hammock, and you both worked very hard on this, but I know that we both talked about how many people it takes to make this beautiful book. Yeah. Yeah, we had... Uh we had a lot of help, uh, you know, not just Federica, the designer from Italy, but um, so many experts have come forward over the years and offered their services to help identify, go over the maps and make sure they're correct. 
Um, I know Tony Pulitzer in Italy was a big, big part on, on book one, and, and his work has carried through to book two. And then um, additionally, uh, people like Jeff Kruth at the Guild of Sommeliers um, is always pushing me to learn more and to dig deeper and um, t to learn more about viticulture and because it really does affect how wines come out. And uh, additionally, um, other resources online, every single university who studies grape diseases and wines and, and health stuff, I have hundreds of scientific studies saved <laughs> um, that, I, that I go to frequently to learn more. And we could not do them without great universities, amazing uh, PhD programs for people who are trying to make their PhD. They study something new in wine, and then I go and read it. I'm, I'm reading your dissertations. That's what I'm doing. And I'm trying to communicate those to beginners. So I can't help. I, the fact that we have a good v school here now in Washington, Washington um, State. Yeah. is really, really, really remarkable. And it's going to improve Washington wine remarkably. And they've already done amazing things. Uh, that are going to change the industry as a whole. Studying grape diseases right now, I know that Washington uh, State uh, just released uh, something about grape disease, a uh, big one, Pierce's disease. They identified a major, I think it was Pierce's disease. Uh, the vector, right? It yeah. was it, learning how that is transmitted and... Yeah, the geeky stuff. Yeah. Right? And so we read all that stuff and we can't think... Uh, and then people before me who've come along... Big thanks to Jancis Robinson for making Wine Grapes book. I wouldn't have been able to do this without this seven or eight pound thick. It is so thick. It's like, a doorstop, but... It is a doorstop of a book, but I would never put it on, down on the floor in the door because it's It's precious. on my kitchen table. It's one of those yeah. things you're like, I'm going to learn a new 10 new grapes today. Yeah, yeah, you know, and... And there, there's three authors on that, you know, on that book. Uh, uh, and Jose Vuillamos has actually commented on our site before and helped me with feedback on the origin of grape varieties. And we have his, some of his direct feedback went into a really great page of the book where I talk about the origins of wine, um, given that it's not actually from France. It's from a little farther east. And so... From uh, Shiraz? Yeah, from the real, the original Shiraz. Uh um, and so we couldn't have done this without an amazing community and just people being willing to give their information and to freely share it with everyone. And so I want to carry along that torch. Well, it's fantastic, and obviously, um, I, I appreciate looking at this name of these names of the uh, pundits and the who's who of uh, Karen and Jancis and uh, Evan and Rajat and Dylan. I mean, everybody is in here. It's super cool. I, I, we should give a shout out to is it Adobe InDesign because. <laughs> You have mastered the graphics of this, and it's absolutely beautiful. So, yeah, an Illustrator, Adobe Illustrator, and Adobe InDesign. So, Adobe, it's a local business. I know. Look at this. Yeah. Shout outs. Hey, it's a one big community. Well, Madeline Puckett, um, such a treat. Congratulations on really a fantastic, this is this is revolutionary. I'm super excited as I embark on my Master's Semiotic Studies. Ooh. This is going to be on my bedside um, next to that Jancis <laughs> Graves. Uh, hey, it's winefolly.com, and we look forward to seeing you at the premiere of Sommelier, the Psalm, the movie three, Psalm three, the, uh, what's it, the, the ultimatum. Three. The ultimatum. <laughs> well, yeah, we can call it that. All right, yeah. we'll see you then. Madeline Puckett, thanks so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. 
Thank you. Hey, folks, uh, it is October, so get out and about. Um, Woodenville is having so many crush parties. Of course, uh, it's the time to get inside. we got Oyster New Year coming up down at Elliott's. Uh, of course, the Space Needle is open, so get up there while the, the uh, crowds are light. Um, and dig into some wine studies. Uh, Tanya Morningstar Darling has a great Burgundy Wine Masterclass coming up in Bellevue. It's uh, next week and the following week. Um, check it out on Eventbrite uh, or Tanya Morningstar Darling. You've heard her here. She's uh, an uh, um, educator at South Seattle College campus in their uh, wine technology program. And uh, I can't wait to go check it out. I'm also going to make a little stop uh, in Paris. I'll give you some notes when I get back. So, hey, folks, you ever miss a show? It's happyhourradio.net. And life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers. <laughs> 